everybody, and welcome to the Fifth Line Report, the show that covers it all from hockey to beer, football, and food. I'm your host, Sean. Today's show is 100% GMO free, so that's really exciting. Uh, I got some great stuff coming up, but let's take a second to thank the sponsor of the show, the Numbers Game blog. Head on over to thenumbersg.com. Check out all the awesome articles written by athletes from their perspective. Uh, grab you an everyday or hat. It's really comfortable. I love mine. Uh, follow them on Twitter and Instagram at TNG Social. That's thenumbersg.com. Go check it out. Um, all right, so third show. Really excited about it. Uh, but I, I got to admit, I'm recording with a broken heart. Uh, so last week, I find out that uh, Sarah Gonzalez, if you don't know who Sarah Gonzalez is, she is the host of of the news and why it matters on the Blaze weekdays. I believe it's at 5. I'll confirm that. Uh, but I found out that uh, the smoke show Zara Gonzalez is engaged to be wed. Uh, and I just, I thought we were so close to having something. Um, you know, I, I've been trying forever to get her to, to lift the restraining order, and it just didn't happen. And then I find out that she's engaged. Uh, so I, I do come to you with a broken heart today. Uh, it's very sad. <laughs> Uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, not only is, is Sarah uh, a very beautiful person, she's very intelligent. I really just wanted to give her a shout out and say a very happy congratulations to you on your engagement. Uh, it's, it's really exciting uh, and best of luck to both of you. Uh, so there's there's a little bit of law in the action this this week. There's you know there's preseason football and, and I think we're all just kind of getting geared up for regular season. Uh, you know there's really no hockey. Everybody's kind of resporting to you know. <laughs> Everybody's kind of reporting to their uh, their camp right now. We're you know just getting ready for the season. Um, so I decided that today this episode was gonna be about booze. All right, to help me mend my broken heart is Spence Craft from the Advocates Advocate Podcast. Spence, how are you? Hey, Sean, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, man. So so before we get into it, so you're from Louisville, but you're a uh, your Preds fan. I I think uh, the Preds I... dropped. Yeah, the Preds dropped out a little bit early this year or last year, but uh, I, I think they're going to come back with vengeance. Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing that the Preds have um, done well is they have built a foundation on stone, starting with the young guys. Um, I mean, look at what Phil Forsberg has done in his short career already. RV, uh, UC Steros is looking fantastic in that, uh, even for a small guy. So these uh, young kids are, I think, going to just add on to the dynasty that is becoming the Predators. Sure. I mean, and, and you guys have P.K. Subban. He's a good player. Uh, you know, so I got to ask this, you know, because I'm a Boston fan. You know, Boston's have. They, they've got this beef. And I, I did not like P.K. Subban until he went to the Predators. Then I all of a sudden, like, became a Subban fan. Did, mm-hmm. did you have that or did you always think, it, you know, did you always like him as a player? Well, honestly, uh, P.K. Subban, who was always a force to reckon with, I love him or hate him. You have to respect the guy for his slap shot, for his tenacity, for his grit on the ice. Um, when we traded Shea Weber for him, I honestly didn't know. I remember getting debates and just saying only time will tell. Uh, I think time has proven it was a good trade after all, especially as – uh, Shea Weber was getting older in age, and P.K. Subban, I mean, he just brings this fire to the city of Nashville that was missing. Sure. 
All right. Well, there's there's hockey. Uh, I really I think the Preds are I think the Preds are going to look good this year. I really do. Um, but you're here to talk about booze, and so my one question before we get started is. Why do you never see four loco on tap? Uh, do you think that it's a public health <laughs> concern? I, I think that may be why uh, we don't see it. Because what I mean, what would a pint of four loco cost? Like fifty cents, maybe. <laughs> oh shoot! Yeah, I mean, I think you just answered your question right there, Sean. <laughs> uh, I mean, of course, four loco did undergo, uh, you know, some legal issues having an up and a downer mix. Um, that kind of hurt the brand uh, early on. It disappeared for a while, and you know, once painted, it kind of sticks with you, and it takes a while to clean clean up that name. So uh, it's, that's arbitrary. That's Upper, uppers and downers, they all mix. Uh, so anyway, so you're. So let us know who I mean, I obviously know who you are, but everybody listening, uh, you run the Advocates Advocate podcast. Uh, tell me yep. your background and why you're such a fancy drinker. Oh, fancy drinker, don't uh, give me too much credit here, but uh, my background, I've got 14 years in the restaurant industry. I'm only 28 years old, so instead of getting babysitters, uh, what my mom and dad did was they actually bought into a restaurant, and I was their best boy in dishwasher starting at 14, so I learned the language. First job was in the kitchen. As soon as I was able to start running uh, beer legally in the state of Indiana, um, I became a server, went to uh, PBSA, that's Professional Bartending School of America. I became certified through then and started bartending as soon as I turned 21. So you're a certified and fancy drinker, is that it? I'm a certified <laughs> fancy drinker. So what I ended up doing was um, getting an internship in Napa, California, and it actually relocated me to California for um, just under two years. And you want to talk about being a fancy drinker, man. I mean, my average bottle of wine was probably $125. Man, so, I mean, I, I could roll down to the store and get some Mad Dog 2020 for like two bucks. Is, is there much of a, is there really <laughs> much of a difference? There absolutely is, and that's kind of what I wanted to tackle um, in my podcast. So there really is a difference, um, not just in price, but even just winery to winery or brewery to brewery or distillery to distillery. And unfortunately, there's so much um, complications and complexity within the industry, um, within the beverage industry, that it almost is overbearing for consumers to actually find out what they truly love to drink. And then when they do, you know, say, oh, I like drinking Four loco," <laughs> or I like drinking cider, you know, in the, in the end of it all, my goal is to help my listeners find what they love to drink and drink what they love without having that, shadow or cloud hanging over them if you like ciders drink ciders if you like two buck chuck drink two buck chuck hey man at the you, end of the day, I, I have had my fair share of two buck chuck yeah yeah you're you're the one who has to deal with the hangover at the end of it in so. <laughs> you know i i think uh you describe a little bit of they make it a little bit complex you know you describe these wines if I pick up a bottle of wine at the store and I look at the back, it's 
you know, they write this poem on the back about, oh, it's slightly dusted with chocolate. And, and I'm like, I like chocolate. So, I mean, I'll try the wine. Um, but yeah, there, there is a little, they put a little bit of complexity into it. And, and at the end of the day, you know, like I'm not a huge wine drinker, but I like wine. I literally, I almost go off the bottle sometimes. I'll be like, oh, well, that looks all right. And I just, I'll drink it. But I just want to turn the bottle over and they just be like, uh, yeah, this is super dry or, hey, this tastes like cherries. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> simple, you know, simplify it for me a little bit. Sure. Um, so, of course, that is our mission at the Advocates to Advocates podcast is to bring simplicity back to the complex world of beer, wine, and spirits. And really, all they're trying to say is, you know, this wine is a Cabernet, and Cabernet traditionally has these flavors. And unless if you drink a lot of Cabernet, for example, you might not know that, or you might not realize the difference going from, you know, one cab to the next. So at that point, why would you pick up, uh, say, the wine advocate, and read um, a Robert Parker article saying this wine is 95 points out of 100 and then go spend $125 on that bottle when you really don't understand what it is you're even buying. Right, and and I think that's one thing is I think a lot of people look at the bottle of wine and say, oh, well, this this bottle is $100. It must be good. And you really Mm -hmm. need to refine your palate a little bit. Like I'm a huge bourbon drinker, right? Mm -hmm. And you're you're down the heart of Berman country, but up. Yeah. I mean, it took me, it took me almost three years of drinking bourbon neat mm-hmm. to be able to drink a bourbon and tell you exactly, you know, tell you what I'm drinking. What you know, uh, like with Woodford, you know, it's kind of got a leathery taste to it. I mean, it took me forever, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't go out and buy a hundred dollar bottle of bourbon just because it's a $100 bottle of bourbon. It doesn't mean that to you, the average drinker, it's going to be any better because it's just going to taste like alcohol. Whereas if right. you, you know, if you put some time and start, you know, start on the low end, I mean, I I have Evan Williams in my house like all day every day. You know, if you start mm-hmm. on on that, I don't want to say low end, but if you start on that end and really just kind of try different things, you will start to refine your palate a bit. Exactly. And, I mean, that's the thing with beer. Uh, you know, people come in, the IPA, India Pale Ale, mm-hmm. is a really big style of beer right now. And what people don't realize is there's an East Coast, the Midwest, an East Coast, all different styles. There's IPA. And so when you walk in to a brewery and you say, give me your finest IPA, that's like walking into Ben and Jerry's and saying, give me ice cream. Well, yeah. which one? Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, they're, and they're um, definitely, you know, the hops in the IPA, I mean, it's, there's, right. there's a couple your, of, go ahead. To your point of not necessarily, you know, being able to jump straight into that $100 bottle of wine or being able to pick out the differences within a bourbon, you've got to refine that palate and you've got to take baby steps, you know, in the beverage world. It's okay if you start with a blonde ale, but then maybe move up to, a golden ale, and then maybe a pale ale, which is not an IPA, mind you. Right. Uh, and then also people will say, I want a light beer. Well, what does that mean? Is it light in color, light in alcohol, light in bitterness? 
Um, so there's just so much confusion within the industry, and we just want to clear it up. We want to educate our listeners, and I want our listeners to, it goes back to learn what they love and love what they drink. Sure. I mean, IPAs, you know, IPA is not an IPA. They have different levels of, of bitterness, hoppiness. I mean, there's one, it starts with an E, like Elysian or something like that. Stardust, I, I think. Yeah, Stardust. Is that the, the IPA that they have? They do. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think they actually have a few IPAs. Yeah, I tried, I think it was the Stardust that I tried. And it was like, I, I took a sip and somebody ran in with a sack of hops and just beat me right in the face. I mean, it was good, but it's just, it's different. And they all have a different level of, mm-hmm. of hoppiness, you know, and that's the, um, oh, what's the scale that they use for, for the hops? Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, International Bitterness Units or that's IBUs. That's it. Yeah, IBUs, that's it. Um, yep. so yeah, Which that, we actually covered on episode one, if your listeners want to check that out. There you go. That, that'd be a great episode to check out. Um, it, Another thing that, that I was, you know, I always see when I'm looking through bottles of wine and when I'm looking through bourbon, uh, the small batch, you know, private batch, single, single batch, single bear. I mean, what, what's the hype? That, I mean, look at Four Roses. That's a, a very common brand found throughout the nation. And Four Roses itself has like 10 different labels. Um, they got the yellow label. They got the private collect. They got small batch. Uh, they got some more of their specialties. They've got, you know, different blends. And all in all, they're making a, essentially, I, I think it's uh, three or four different bourbons. And then how they blend those bourbons together is what, it, what makes up the, the product. Um, I could be wrong there, but I think essentially, in a nutshell, that's what they're doing. And what it does is it kind of expands their portfolio with minute differences. And it just, like I was saying, creates that complexity. And unless you've been drinking for many, many years, you might be better off buying that $20 bottle because that $45 bottle is going to taste the same to you. Sure. Well, so let's move on. Let's move on to fall is coming, Spence. It's almost here. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a fall oh, guy. I know what you're gonna ask. But fall beers are coming. Pumpkin spice. Everything is coming. Uh, I'm a I'm a fan of the pumpkin beers. I I think a lot of people you know give them shit all the time because it's oh pumpkin flavored everything. I like them. I think they're good. I mean, and with I this, bet cra- you also like PSLs, don't you, there, Sean? <laughs> I I like it all, man. Uh, I don't discriminate. I. I seriously, I don't know if there's ever a beer that I've ever tried that I don't like. Uh, I just, I'm just a big mm-hmm. guy. But the pumpkin, the pumpkin wheats and all that good stuff. The pumpkin, I can't remember who makes that, but it's yeah. awesome. Um, so, I mean, what's your take on all the pumpkin beers coming out? Do you think we've overdone it? Uh, pumpkin, not just beers, but pumpkin this time of year. Yes, we've most definitely overdone it. Um, but hey, you know, supply and demand. I'm an economics guy. Got to give the people what they want. If there's a demand, got to fill the supply. There's sure. money to be made. I, I kid you not, last year I saw pumpkin spice Cheerios, and I thought, okay, this is it. We have gone too far as a society. We do not need pumpkin spice Cheerios. Uh, but, no, it's, I mean, it's exciting. You get, you, know, you get a lot of the ciders coming out. 
Um, you know, cider, mm -hmm. cider tends, or hard cider, tends to be a year-round thing, but I feel like they have more that come out during the fall because fall tends to be that, you know, apple cider season. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and then you've got the pumpkin wheats that come out, which I, I think are great. People can make fun of me, whatever. Um, and then one of my all-time favorites that I look forward to every year is Oktoberfest beers. Of course. What's How uh, can you not? Yeah, I know. And, and describe what an it's hard for me to describe what an Oktoberfest beer tastes like. I mean, mm -hmm. how would you, the fancy drinker, describe an Oktoberfest beer? So, I'm actually going to take this to uh, throw in a pitch for the show. We are actually going to be doing a three part series on Oktoberfest, um, starting to release, I believe, the second week of September. Um, so actually Oktoberfest is in September, not October. Sure. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is there are many different styles, uh, just like with West Coast and East Coast or Midwest IPAs, there are American Oktoberfest and German style Oktoberfest, and I'm sure there's some more subcategories under there. Um, and there are major differences between those two. So... What I will go ahead and tell you is an, an Oktoberfest is a Marksman. If somebody offers you a Marksman, it may not be exactly an Oktoberfest, but it's going to be close. It's like all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Right. All Oktoberfest is Marksman. Not all Marksman is necessarily Oktoberfest. So sure. Marksman is German for March, which is when the lager is brewed. Uh, this is a lager, typically in an American style Oktoberfest. You're going to get a lot more of the uh, all-spice nutty characters, um, maybe a little bit more of that nutmeg, whereas in the German uh, Oktoberfest, it's going to be much lighter in color, uh, almost airy, um, less full of a body uh, when you drink it, a little easier sipping, and it's going to have a little bit of a, uh, I hate to say it, but for lack of a better word, bump to it. Um, it's not going to be this clean, crisp, you know, nutty brown ale or anything like that. It's uh, going to be a little different, but that's what makes Oktoberfest so delicious. Yeah. Did you, okay, I think I might be crazy, but the, the Sam Adams Oktoberfest, I feel like last year I got it. And it had a smoke flavor added to it that I don't remember having uh, in the prior years. Did you ever try it? Um, so where, where that smoke comes from is when they're roasting the, the malt and the grains. Mm -hmm. if, they do, if they do burn it or over-roast them, it can cause that kind of smokiness. Sure. Uh, to be perceived. Um, they're not necessarily, you know, like trapping smoke in a bottle and uh, sending it out there. But as for me, I typically, I'm not that big of an Oktoberfest drinker myself. I mean, I'll drink it throughout, you know, the month of September typically, but I'm moving on to more of the Imperial um, imperial Porters. Right. See, I'm... And the darker beer. I am most definitely a seasonal drinker like 
Mm-hmm. Once the winter rolls around, I love to grab like a stout or a porter and, and hang out on the couch like an old man and watch Jeopardy and just drink. You know, they have kind of a, a chocolatey coffee. You know, you get all those different you know flavors in those beers. I, I during the summer, uh, I will admit I drink a lot of just cheap light beer. I don't drink a whole hell of a lot of like the craft stuff. Just I feel like because I'm just if I get hot, I just can't do it. Um, but definitely once it starts to cool down, I kick I kick the craft beer into high gear, man. I uh, I love all the IPAs. I definitely drink pumpkin at Oktoberfest and Dunkel. Dunkel Dunkel really is kind of around year round, but I feel like it becomes almost a fall beer. Like it gets thrown into that category. Almost the. Uh... A typical flavor of what a Dunkel is is, you know, similar to that of an Oktoberfest. Uh, it's got that uh, nutty characteristic, malt forward. It's not all too bitter. Um, very approachable and easy drinking. So when it's 70 degrees outside and you're, you know, able to enjoy the weather, if you don't want that heavy, hoppy IPA sitting on your stomach or, you know, that dark coffee Porter, you know, necessarily a dunkel's a great way to go. Yeah, dunkel's definitely a good one. Uh, we have we've got Hofbrauhaus House down here in uh, Newport, mm-hmm. so I I love mm-hmm. to go down there and get the Hefeweizen is definitely my favorite. I think they brew it with banana peel. So when as you're drinking your big stein, if you kind of breathe in as you're drinking it, you get this hint of like banana, and it's really mm-hmm. really good. Uh, definitely yeah. a big Hefeweizen uh, fan. A Hef is one of my favorites. Um, I would believe that um, there are brewers that may add banana peel to uh, to their brew, but just a Hef bison in itself, and it it all comes down to chemistry. But again, I'm trying to just keep it simple. But the yeast that they that's used within a Hef bison and the grains that are used in a Hef, uh, that's what just naturally brings out. A, that's the pineapple. Um, here in Louisville, we've got Fall City. They've got a great half of ice, and then it tastes like a pineapple upside down cake Ooh. to me. That sounds good. All right, man. Uh, another thing I kind of wanted to cover was I feel like the rise of cheap beer is starting to come back. I, I feel like PBR. Hams, Bush, Natty, I feel like that's all kind of starting to come back. Have you seen the popu- have you seen the popularity in that start to rise? I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it popularity. I'd almost say nostalgia. I and I, I think you um, hit it head on. I think it's a nostalgic thing. Yep. Um, you know, just going back, shoot, this eight years ago even. You know, uh, here in Louisville, I think we had maybe six breweries. Here in Louisville now, I think we're topping off around 18. Um, Breweries are opening up left and right. Yeah. And with that comes higher competition, you know, more expensive beers to make because they're trying to differentiate themselves. And when a beer gets up to 250, you know, even pints, um, you know, to take home from the liquor store or even maybe 225 to 12 ounce a can or bottle, that gets expensive. It gets expensive fast. 
And so these millennials who saw their dad drinking, you know, Coors Light, Miller Light, Cats, um, Rolling Rock maybe even, um, they are um, Ham's. Ham's beer, which was a big beer um, during the Vietnam uh, War era, that's making a huge comeback somehow. And I think what it is is these kids are growing up and they're starting to be able to drink. So first off, they don't have the discretionary income to drink fancy like we can do, Sean. Yeah, of course, because um, I'm, I'm so, rolling in it, Spence. I'm rolling in it. <laughs> so um, I think they go out and they buy the thing that they saw growing up. And for, you know, that that moment, that 12 ounces, you know, it's like they're their dad. Right. Yeah, I, I think nostalgia is a big thing right now. It, you see it in fashion. You see it in marketing. You see it in, in you know, the beer. Yep. Uh, on my other show, Stagger, the small business podcast, I actually had an episode that, you know, we were talking about how nostalgia is, is the American marketing opportunity right now. And that's how you market to people. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think you hit it straight on. I think we saw our parents grow up, you know, drinking the hams, the natty, you know, the cheap beer. And it, and what I do in my house is I literally just have a rotation. I have a rotation of cheap beer. I'll, I'll have PBR or I'll have hams, mm-hmm. or I'll have Natty or Bush, and that's kind of my, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to watch a hockey game or something, and I don't want to blow through eight ninety nine uh, in a, a craft beer, you know, I just kind of keep this right. rotation, and then I might throw in a, a craft beer and, you know, maybe some bourbon or whatever, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, and really by the third IPA, it's all tasting the same anyway, let's be honest. Yeah, y- you can only do so much craft <laughs> beer, you really can. Uh, well, Spence, right, right. I, I appreciate you being here. We're definitely going to have you on the show. How do people get a hold of Spence Craft or listen to your podcast? Sure. So right now we are in the very early stages. So please follow us on Facebook. It's uh, Advocates to Advocates. And if you search that, we've got a uh, page that you can follow and all the links. Uh, to the shows are there. That's probably the easiest way. If you are on SoundCloud, we are also on there. Uh, here in a few weeks, we will be releasing on iTunes as well. Very excited about that. And um, other than that, we also have a group uh, discussion page. And what I do is I post um, what we reviewed on the show, and I hope that our listeners will start to interact. We want to build this community where uh, you don't have to go to Beer Connoisseur or Beer Advocate, and you can actually rely on average imbibers just like, I mean, honestly, you and I. Everyone has different tastes. Everyone has different likes. But if you can get an unbiased um, review, it may be able to help you choose and explore without breaking the bank. Sure. And so... Come follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Um, we'll be blowing it up when uh, we're on iTunes, and that's uh, that's where we can be found. All right, that's awesome, uh, Spence. Are you going to have a episode on Four Loco? <laughs> you know what? Just to be mean, I might have to do that. 
Okay, so I, I might have to sneak that into blind tasting. I tell you what, we'll come up, come up here, and we'll do a show, and we'll just get blackout drunk on Four Loco, and we'll just see what happens. Oh. <laughs> that, uh, that always drink responsibly part of my show is uh, screaming at me right now. <laughs> yeah, you you better get an attorney on a retainer but, before we do that episode. But hey, man, I'm like almost undefeated in Birio cards. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> sorry right. about nostalgia. <laughs> well, buddy, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Uh, and then we'll have you on soon. I look forward to it. And uh, hopefully I can come up sometime with some beer and uh, get you drinking and uh, reviewing some beer on my show as well. Awesome. Glad to have you up here. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sean. All right. Thanks, Spence. All right, guys, that's it for the show. Uh, first off, let me apologize for the audio quality. Spence and I tried a couple times to uh, figure out where the crackle was coming from, and we couldn't figure it out. Uh, so maybe next time we'll uh, we'll get that adjusted. Uh, if you want to tweet at us, it's the Fifth Line Report. That's 5TH uh, Report. Uh, you can tweet at me, Fifth Line Sports. Uh, follow the idiot on Instagram, staggered underscore idiot. Uh, you can also follow the fifth line report now on Instagram. Very excited. I got that up and running. Uh, so next episode we have is going to be all about football because we've got the season starting next week. So it's very exciting. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email, it's Sean at fifthlinesports.com. If you got a topic for the show, want to call me an asshole or something like that, uh, make sure you shoot me an email. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you next time.